Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com, and I'm here in the studio today with Nancy Friedman, also yeah. co-founder of KidsViews.com, <laughs> imagine that, and the writer of FromHipToHousewife.com, and Andrea Smith, technology guru, expert, whatever. Every week we have a new thing for you. We're just going to give you a crown, <laughs> a crown made of like USB drives. We did, right, perfectly, <laughs> all linked together. So this week on the podcast, we are talking about a few things. Uh, the first topic we're going to dive into is would you apologize for your kid? And really, this is teenager because everyone apologizes for their little kid's behavior. Um, your teenager's behavior based on a Facebook post that a mother put up after finding out that her teenagers were misbehaving and rude at the movies. Can you imagine? I know. <laughs> topic two will be the new Facebook scrapbook app within Facebook that is really interesting for a number of reasons. And topic three will be the digital dilemma of the week. And that's about, uh, we're going to dive into the so-called kid-safe email browser texting services that are out there and discuss whether or not they're worth it and what age maybe they're appropriate for. So let's dive into topic one. Um, Topic one is this article that appeared on, it was actually a Facebook post. So we'll give a little background. This mom found out from her son that her teenage daughter was really rude and talking during a movie. And when a woman asked her to be quiet, they were snarky and nasty back to her. And then after the woman even came up to her and said, you know, the reason... I really wanted you to be quiet in the movie as my husband was just laid off and this was probably the last movie we were going to be able to go to and the girls were just nasty right to her face and like screw you and the mom found out about this and then put it up on Facebook because she A apologized for her daughters but also wanted to find out if anyone knew who this woman was so she could sort of more make her daughters right. personally Looking apologize for the woman. and the sheriff's department shared it and once they shared it, I guess they were able to locate the woman pretty quickly. So cool. So interesting. And then, of yeah. course, all the news outlets picked it up. So, But I love this story. I mean, I immediately, when I saw it, I immediately loved it because it was just sometimes, you know, kids are, kids can be crazy. We know that, especially teenagers. And, and you always think like, why? My son would never do that or my daughter would never do that. But sometimes they do. And I just think that this mom handled it so beautifully. Just like, I am aghast at your behavior and therefore, I'm shocked and I want to make you apologize. So I think that, you know, I, I'm all for this. Um, yeah, I, me too. I was sort of expecting to be horrified at her meddling. But, and I think maybe if all she did was call them out to humiliate them, I might have felt that way. But the fact that she was looking for the woman and now they're making, now she's making, I think it was her daughter and her stepdaughter, she's making them pay back their money for the movie and and the fact that they were publicly shamed you know there's that new book out so you've been publicly shamed it definitely has a different effect than just a mother saying you shouldn't behave that way and yeah it's to interesting too because i think we've seen the reverse mostly right where parents get really defensive and defend their child's behavior even when there's this proof there's actually a social media trail that their kid is the bully that their kid is nasty and a parent's first reaction is like well so what 
like so yeah what are you going to do about it or yeah mom your kid did this or your or maybe that woman was nasty i think that idea that they're using social media in this way and flipping it and then the i guess the husband of that woman has been getting all these job offers because it's which is always the great upside of social really media is. Yeah. and yeah. there's something funny too about the whole like sheriff sharing it mm-hmm. it's like a tongue twister the sheriff sharing it but um I love that he shared it and said, like, here's mom raising her kids right and propped her up for that because that's the other thing is all you hear about is parents who aren't. And I don't think she did it in a real shaming way, actually. I think she was like, here's what my daughters did and I'm not happy about it and I want them to apologize. She wasn't like making them hold a sign right, right, on the side the street, of the road right, saying right. like, I'm well, a she wanted kid. them to make reparations. Right. It was a very and specific need. And I do think that is what made it a great thing is that it wasn't just I am going to do this nasty thing and publicly humiliate my children. It's, I have a reason. I want to find this woman. I want to pay her back. And this is an outlet to do that. And it it's goes great. to what Rebecca, you and I always say when we're talking about social media with parents and it applies to grown-ups too. It's it's so demonized as this horrible place, but it can be a force for good. And that's a great example of that. You know, I, I'm not for public shaming. I'm really not. But I think that this was more using public and using social to find this woman, you know, so that she could. It's like when I was very, very, very little and I, I don't know, we had a house on Fire Island and I think I stole a candy bar or something. And I don't think my mother, you know, meant to publicly humiliate me, but she certainly marched me back to the store with the candy bar and made me give it back and apologize. And I think that this is just a modern day version of that but using all the tools available to her to find the woman which is I think really cool and asking the the girls to apologize but you know more so we've talked about this many times there's so many people today so many parents who are just like as long as my kid is happy I'm good you know as long as my kid's happy I'm fine and I think this is such a lesson um, for a parent to be able to show it's not all about you. I don't care that you had a good time. You ruined someone else's good time. And that's not okay. You How about the be empathetic. brother being the tattletale? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm not going there. He's <laughs> like, the you brother know, was like, guess what, Mom? That this poor is what brother will did. never be talked to again. Right, because it didn't happen. It wasn't like the reverse where that woman who had this happen in the movie theater then posted, oh, these two obnoxious teenagers and took a picture of them and was like, did you know these teens? Like, they talked through the movie right. and they were nasty. She just went up to them very, you know, afterwards and said, here's the deal. And it was the brother who told. <laughs> and that that's really interesting, too, because usually you do see the opposite. Usually you see a public shaming in real time. This woman would have taken a picture, and you wonder if it would have escalated against that woman if that had happened and not so much against the teenagers, you know, if she had shamed them and taken that upon herself. And this was almost a smarter way to do it, but if it hadn't been for that little brother... Nobody would have known, and the girls would have just, you know, everyone's been an obnoxious teenager in their life. Um, Right. But clearly these are parents or a mother that is aware and trying to teach her kids the right thing to do, and she taught her son. And so he knew it was the wrong thing to do, and it bothered him enough to rat her out, or he's just a kid who likes to rat out his sister. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, it had the desired effect. Right. Right. And I think it's something a post worthy of sharing with your kids. Because we talk about, you know, sort of it takes a village and your village has gotten much bigger. This idea that you're not going to get away with stuff maybe, you know, as much as you think now, teenagers, for better or worse, is really interesting. And I just, I don't know, it's just a lesson in decency and decent behavior. Because, again, this is when teens are their most 
obnoxious and snarky. So I was just going to use that same word, snarky <laughs> or obnoxious or both. It doesn't they don't always outgrow it? Too. I know. Sorry to tell you. All right. So moving on, since we all agree that mom's awesome, um, we're going to topic two. So Facebook has unveiled a new feature called Facebook Scrapbook. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you can go into your about in your profile and click on it. And it'll ask you to, if you want to create a scrapbook of your pets or your kids. And then you, and, and if we had background music, it would be like eerie horror movie music. <laughs> well, I, so, all right. So we can look at it two ways. One is they already saw that what parents are doing is tagging their spouse or tagging you know, someone else in the family so that at, on the kids' faces so that a parent would, the other parent would see the picture. And that there's also, now there are all these kids who are labeled as their mom or as their dad on Facebook. And it's really confusing and bizarre, probably for Facebook's facial recognition software. <laughs> Talk about growing up in your father's identity. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure Facebook's like, we don't want that. We want to be able to separate them out marketing-wise. Um, so this is almost a backdoor way for Facebook to get your child on Facebook, right? You're creating the account. It says, do you want to create a nice little picture of it um, that we'll put up? But it says, add your child to your profile, which is essentially creating a child account. And now you can tag your child. You have to be connected to your significant other on Facebook as a significant other, which I'm not sure how that works if you're divorced, but you have to somehow say like this spouse and you create the scrapbook that you share. Um, And then what will happen is the pictures will show up on both of your feeds and you're creating a scrapbook that basically you could probably hand over to your child when they are 13 and they now join Facebook. And this is obviously Facebook knows that fewer and fewer children are joining. This is a way to sort of auto join the younger generation, which is the generation they're losing. So it's all very complicated, right? It's I'd really like them all to be put in a scrapbook so I never have to see them. Like maybe all those would go privately in a scrapbook. Well, that is you part could, of like, it. Choose to hide people's kids' pictures. But you there could. is that sort of that is part of it. Is the idea is that you you're tagging your children, but the only people who see the tag are people that you choose to see the tag, and it's not really associated with your child. Your child doesn't really have an account. They have like a sub account under you. So it's a way of identifying your kids for your circle of friends without creating a lasting footprint and they say they're not taking data about your kids it's still data about you yeah which is so funny because people you know and I think we've had this conversation you know do you create a profile for your child do you go ahead and do that and start tagging them so they they grow up with this kind of persona um I know so many, I mean, so many times I'll see a friend's name, you know, mentioned as being tagged and I look at the picture and it's a kid. So obviously, you know, it's a way of kind of saying I'm with some somebody, but, it, you know, they don't have a name on Facebook yet. So you're kind of in limbo at that time. I, I'm not so sure what I think about this. I think it maybe if I had young kids, I would like it. Well, I think being able to share between spouses makes sense without having to tag the spouse, like having that. And can you add like family members into that so no, they can see it? No, it looks like it's it? just the spouse. Just spouse. Just spouse or significant other. I, I don't know if you have to be connected as an actual spouse. I, I did not read through that when I was playing with it. I didn't really look. Um, it says you choose family relationships under about and you'll see a banner at the top to create a scrapbook for your child. Hmm. And then you just get started. Um and then you need to say how you're related. Daughter, son, child, gender neutral, or pet. 
which your pet obviously has no say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And but they did say the hope is that then the child creates an account at thirteen, and then they get to control those pictures, and they can untag themselves. So if you put the bath pictures on or the picking their nose picture on that you thought was so cute. But I will say that my husband. Because evidently he's a little slow in the uptake when it comes to social media, tags my children in pictures all the time, and they're teenagers. And as soon as he tags them, they go in and they untag themselves every time. So I, I, obviously they weren't untagging themselves when they were little, but I feel like if they could have, <laughs> they would have. Well, so and that, they're teenagers now, right? Right. So now, yeah. of course, it's all about un- untagging themselves. Right. But I, I do feel like there's something. Obviously, make all kinds of choices for your kids when you're they're little that they have no say in. But this feels. You, I mean, even though they say they're not establishing a footprint, it's not like Facebook has this great reputation of safeguarding people's information and privacy. You know, for me, I mean, I'm just thinking about how easy it must be for like. You, Rebecca, when you're preparing a photo montage, you know, getting ready for a, a, a bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah, sweet 16, whatever it is. I mean, imagine having all those pictures in one place. Well, what's nice, actually, and this doesn't apply to scrapbook, is having all of my friends' pictures of my kids in one place. Like, normally, you'd be calling around to everyone, do you have a picture have like a pic- this? Yeah. And do you have a picture like that? So at least those pictures where I've been tagged, I mean, my kids aren't tagged on them. I can go back and see all those other pictures. Yeah, that's nice. And pull, um, or ones their teachers put up in, like, private groups you know, they were for their preschool or whatever. But this is very, to me, this is specifically meant to onboard your child onto Facebook. It is 100%. It's being shown as like a way to, it's like organizing your child. But you don't need to organize your child's photo. And everyone tags their spouse on a picture they put up of their kids normally. Right. So to me, this truly is Facebook's attempt at... To get kids. To get kids later because... Wow. Because your account is sort of already being created for you. You're already being tagged. Now you're 13. I don't care if you never go on Facebook again the day after you're 13. Right. You are so going to want to go in there and untag yourself. <laughs> you're going to want to untag. Which means you have to create an account. Yeah. You're going to create an account so that yourself. you can take ownership of your pictures. And then you may or may not untag yourself. You may you know, decide what to do. But I think that. I, I'm. I, it sounds horrible, but I'm like a little dubious. I really am, even though I think it's probably a beautiful feature the way it looks. But I, I agree that that's what it is. I'm sure that's what it is. They're not doing anything out of the kindness of their heart to make your life easier. But, but that's the contract we all sign with Facebook and Google and everybody else is that we give you this information. We now give you our children or the promise of our children joining when they turn 13. And in return, you give us this really cool feature that makes it easier for us to see their photos all in one place, or you give us this really cool feature that allows us to private message our friends or allows us to set up a group. All of it is this sort of implicit yeah. contract between mm-hmm. us and them. We, You give us this, all of this for free, and what we're giving you back is access to all of our information. Yeah. You're right. paying not in currency. Right. Yeah. right. That is the currency, and it's extremely yeah. valuable currency. Yeah. But I feel like most people don't think of it that way, but that's what it is. They're not doing it because they like us. Right. There will be, I think, incredible printing options with this. I think that the apps that will be built around this from Blurb or other places that already pull your Facebook pictures. I mean, ever since people started putting pictures and you could put pictures, I've been waiting for someone to come in and say, hey, take all your pictures and let's print them. I mean, they may, or they make some scrapbooks, but I just thought there'd be more. There'd be more companies coming in, apps coming in and saying, you know, you're having a party, take all these pictures, you know, make a scrap, whatever. There just hasn't been the 
influx that I thought there would be. I know. Well, I guess that's up to Facebook, right, how right. they allow their API. Exactly. But I think this, there's no doubt that that is the next stretch of this, is, or well, Shutterfly will get in there. Somebody will get in there. I was going to say it's going to be in partnership Somebody. with Facebook. Right, they because have, they have yes. to monetize it. I mean, they're, they're giving it right. away for free, but they have to monetize right. it. And right. that'll be the same thing. And I'm sure they'll have the same year-end stuff that they do. They'll be very scrapbook-specific yep. ones. I love the, I think the pet one is hilarious. Yeah, because why would you need to tag your pet? Well, my my <laughs> pet has had an agent. So, you know, he does have a career to consider. I might want to upload his photos. I just think it's that is such a funny concept to me. But so I if you're out there and you're I mean, excited I've for this weird dog, I still want to hear about cats, it. But I've never actually tagged them. But would you want a scrapbook? I kind there's one blogger, like I would like a scrapbook of her dog because he's yeah. the cutest freaking dog in the world. Wendy my Instagram feed is is like a scrapbook of pet photos for me. Because that's yeah. where I put a lot of pet photos. Right, but they're not Except aggregated for you. Like it is interesting to have it aggregated yeah. as an actual scrapbook, and I think that's the concept. And obviously, everyone's become much more visual on their mobile phone anyway. It's all about visual, so this is a much easier way for you to access things. Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm very interested to see how many people do it and where it shows up, and I'd love to hear from people. You can you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parentingbytes and tell us if you are using the Facebook scrapbook option and how old your kid is because I do think this is for the people with the little kids starting out. I don't know if you had to go back and do it. I think that would be weird. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right. Topic three, digital dilemma. Speaking of kids, um, last week I asked on Facebook for your digital dilemmas, and we got a slew of them. Yay, I'm so excited. Everybody. So I had a couple from different people. One is, um, I'm just going to out you right now. Um, Adam Cohen, who is actually Data Rocks on Twitter, asked about KidSafe email. And then I had another Adam, actually, um, who asked about KidSafe browsers, not for little kids, like kind of older kids on mobile, which I thought was really interesting because trying to restrict on mobile, I think, is more hard. Um, so let's discuss this for a second. I'm, I will tell you my experience with KidSafe email, which is how I originally gave my daughter's email. It was called Zilla or Zilla Dog, or it was like one of those email services. There's a thousand of them now. I hated it. I thought it was such a pain because you had, it was nice. Like you put in the contacts and they could only get emails from those contacts and you could, but the problem is they never checked it because it's not really, wasn't connected to anything in the browser. It wasn't like just a regular Gmail. Like they had to kind of sign into it separately. You had to go there. I mean, they were little anyway, so then you realize how how much your kids don't need email when they're that age because they don't really use it. But it was really a pain in the butt, and it just sort of lasted, and then uh, it just didn't connect to anything. It made no sense. So, you know, it just totally set up an illegal Gmail for them because that's the easier thing to do, and then they ha- then they can own their Gmail name, which I actually think is kind of important. Yep. Um, and what I did was set up email forwarding. So their inbox forwards to me. So every email that comes to them, still, yeah, wow, comes. That's I awesome. I get a copy. Um, and do you actually look at them? 
I don't look at them because guess what? My kids get no email. Yeah. Because they don't email. They don't email. They text. So that takes us to a whole other thing. So texting. that's interesting right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I do recommend, totally honestly, I recommend setting up a Gmail account for your child and just monitoring the hell out of it. Put forwarding on that it goes to your inbox when it comes in. They're not getting email from anyone. I, I promise you. And they might go look at the spam and see the penis enlargement <laughs> emails. Whatever. I mean, have a discussion with your kid about that stuff. But I just, I find the kids safe emails to be useless. And then in the long run, they have to transfer over anyway to a different email. I just, I don't get it. I mean, it's to annoying. me, it's the same thing as all of those monitoring kids safe browsers, kids safe uh, email, kids safe what social media networks I feel I mean obviously we have kids views which is a safe for kids site but it's not really a social networking site it's something else and I so I obviously I think there is some room in the digital space for things that are specific to kids and where they keep kids safety in mind um, or we wouldn't have created it but there's a difference I think that like anything else you teach your kids the skills they need, and if you don't teach them the skills they need, if everything they get is completely monitored their whole life, then when they get out in the real world, they're going to see it anyway. It's you know, I, I think it depends on the age. If you're talking right. about a four and a five year old, why I could does see a four year old need email? Well, four year old doesn't need so the email. email. I don't think so. Although they always, what I get from people is the grandparents want to email them something. I'm like, email to you, email and it then to they yeah, do that. Exactly. But I also think I do think the browser is a key place, yes. and I do think. There's, there are pretty decent controls that you can use on right. Chrome, on Safari. Right, that's what I was going to say. They don't need a specific browser. You just set the controls properly on the browsers that already exist. Right, and Google and YouTube search. Like, There's a ton of ways to set parental controls on those things that are very, very easy. You can Google it. Um, that your kid won't know they're restricted. Like They won't even feel restricted. I think you know there used to be KidZooey. used to be a kid-safe browser. It was for three-year-olds. I mean, it right. had pictures of Elmo and pictures... Like, there's, your kid's going to age out of that so fast. And then the other thing's going to be so much more enticing that I just... I think by six or seven, you've got a you've got to get your head around what parental controls there are normally. I mean, someone said to me they're too restrictive on Apple. They thought the Apple mobile controls when you put on the parental filters are actually too restrictive for a, a tween. For a kid who's an 11, 12, 13, it's just, it's too much. Um, but then again, back to what you just said, Nancy, then have that discussion with your kid. Like, know that they probably are going to encounter things just like they could have encountered the penthouse or the Playboy at your friend's house. Um, they're going to encounter it. And I think most of the time that's what people are talking about is porn when they're like encountering inappropriate. We all know what you mean. You right. don't want them looking right, at porn. Right. Um, we've had that discussion before. So I do think, again, that is a trickier age where you, they're not going to go for that little teeny kid browser stuff. Yeah. Well, and there's also the phone, like the Curio phone, you know, that came out. Um, it was a nice looking phone. It was an Android. I think it was a full-fledged Android device. Mm -hmm. And it had all those parental controls. But I just feel like kids know, you know, they want a real phone. And I think that they would be happier to have a real phone with settings that you're comfortable with that you've talked about than a quote unquote phone or browser or anything designed for kids. Because if theirs isn't like all their friends... There's going to be an issue. 
And the question about safety and mobile, that is just, I just want to, that's a bigger discussion that we should probably have at another time. But it is important. I think parents do forget. They set the controls at home. They set control on the browser. And then they hand their kid a smartphone, which is basically handing them a supercomputer. And they don't think that they can do that on there. And most major carriers do have a dashboard for a family plan where you can set controls specific to your child's phone. Right, and on the iPad and iPod and iPhone, there's all those Apple controls in there. And like we were saying, it was something the other day, we were having this conversation about YouTube. It doesn't come preloaded anymore on the iDevices. So you can download that YouTube Kids app, and that'll be the only YouTube your kid will know if your kid's young enough. If your kid is already seven or eight and they've been using it for a while, like you kind of miss that boat. Um, and again, then you have to put on the safe search on Google, put on the safe search on all those things. There, It is built in there. There's also just, there's a level of inappropriate content your child is going to find on YouTube. They're not going to find porn. It's not going to happen on YouTube. It's going to happen Which is unbelievable. Go, right, I don't know. Do I don't it. want it to really think about is. how yes. they do it. It's horrible. They have all those people watching. <laughs> Scarred for life. But someone said to me, like, my six-year-old wants Twitter. Too bad. Right. And, or you know what? Like, really? Why? What, what does your kid think they're going to do what on Twitter? What are they going to do on Twitter? They, it's enticing because they know you do it. It couldn't be more boring. It's like all the kids who start blogs. We, you know, Nancy and I hear people all the time, like, my kid wants a blog. Great. Right. Set it up for them because they're going to write three times. They're going to get no comments and they're going to lose interest. And they're going to lose interest. So yeah. I think also people make this huge deal out of these things. But the truth is, kids want every, like, just like we had this discussion about musical fine. instruments mm-hmm. last week about letting your kid quit. Like, your kid's going to want to try a million different things. Um, As well they should. And they should. I don't think your six-year-old should try Twitter. Right. But I don't know I what just trouble they can get into that my 16-year-old niece and all her friends are friendly on Twitter. And I, you know, for a long time, kids that age just didn't use Twitter But are they even all. using it? Because my 18-year-old niece it. doesn't use it. They use it. You know, I went through the whole thing. But what do you use most? You know, right. so Snapchat is still number one. Yep. Uh, I had this great conversation. Snapchat's number one. Instagram's number two. And Twitter is up there, number three. Really? You know, gaining in popularity, but not the most used. Yeah, I would say my niece, who's 18, she has a Twitter account, but her friends, they don't tweet. It's all Snapchat and Instagram. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's... And they're not looking at the CNN News Bites on Snapchat either, by the way. No. <laughs> I asked her, I, They don't want like, any what? of those brands coming in. What? They don't want Mashable. They don't Why want anyone would Snapchatting I want that? them. <laughs> but it is interesting, right? Because I think... These there's every week I think we get pitched more kids safe texting kids safe and texting is the same thing yep. where you're using a separate texting program to put in it, it's just it's silly um, but I think you're the exception too that in that you get all the I mean there aren't that many emails but we, uh, there's another blogger that we know who also has her daughter has an Instagram account but it's through her so anytime she has to post anything she doesn't know the passwords so anytime she wants to post a photo. Sarah has to see it first and make sure that she's allowed to post it, even though it's the child's account. So it's not really the child's account. It's like, so cumbersome. I'm not doing that. Yeah. If you don't feel like your kid is ready to make that judgment, if you haven't had the conversations enough, I just feel like then don't then they're not ready. Right. And it's illegal. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not illegal because it's really Sarah's account. No, no, no. It's illegal if it's the adult's account where they're doing that. But it's a. It, we should reiterate again. It is illegal for your child under 13 to right. have a Twitter account, an Instagram account, a Snapchat account. Or or the Facebook Google email account. that you just told them or to the set Google, up. Or the Google email, which I just said. But set I up think the Gmail key really, and you talk about this a lot, Rebecca, the key really is parents need to understand all this and right. understand how it works. So 
you need to take the time to learn about the parental controls, to learn what safe search is, to learn how to turn it on, to learn how to activate these safety features so that you can talk to your kids, have that conversation, say, here's what I'm going to do, and then monitor it that way and give them the tools, you know, used in everyday life and not these Twitter for kids, email for kids, Google for kids, and all these different things. Right. And we can put some links, too. We can put That's some what I was thinking. To, yeah. We'll put some links to some some of the services, too, and you can check them out for yourself um, and decide what's best for your kid. Maybe, maybe you think we're totally wrong and you think that there's an email or a texting program just for kids. It's been the greatest thing your family's ever yeah, used. We'd love to hear it. Oh boy, would I love to hear it. <laughs> all right. That's, that, we're wrapping up now. We're going right to our Bites of the Week. All right, Andrea, I'm going to you first because so you, you brought I a pocket little gadgets. I always have little show and tell you, and it's great because they're so teeny. So I've been wanting to we'll, touch that we'll, on the table. Okay, here you <laughs> go. One for you. We'll take pictures of these and we'll post them on the Facebook account. But this is the Nomad Plus or the Nomad. This is a Nomad uh, charger. But what's so cool about these is they have all these little ones. This is the Nomad key. So it's like got a little keychain on here. And on one end is either your um, lightning connector or you can get one, of course, with your micro USB connector. And on the end is a USB connector. Of course, I can't wait for the USB-C to come out, so I don't have to worry about putting it in upside down. But this is so cool because it's teeny, teeny, tiny. And I can't tell you how many times I've just wanted to charge up my phone really quick. Someone had a laptop or there was a place for me to plug into a USB and I didn't bring my big long charger. So Nomad has, they also have a carabiner, which my son promptly stole from me. So he puts all his keys on it, he puts it on his backpack, and he's always got this charger. Uh, literally, this is like, what would you say, two inches? Yeah. Two inches long. Um, I also have a like very, a very, very thin, thin, thin one thin. in my wallet that I carry. So you never, ever have to be without a charge. So we're going to post... Um, a picture of this and a link. It's called Nomad. There's the Nomad Clip, the Nomad Key, the Nomad Plus. I love it. <laughs> and awesome. I just took a picture of it next to a penny so you can see the size. <laughs> um, I have two. Wow. My first one is bizarre, but I have not seen anything on YouTube and that made me laugh as much as this in a very long time. And it is bizarre, just a disclaimer, <laughs> but it is the ad for poise pads, <laughs> which is truly hysterical, and you have to see it to believe it. It is um, about how you should use poise pads for light incontinence and not your regular period pads that most people use. And then there is a video about oh different crafts you can make with all your extra pads that you now will have because you're using poise pads instead, and it's truly oh my god it's like the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life and I just like just to give you an idea it's they're so earnest that it's totally hysterical she's like now we're gonna do crafting with unused menstrual pads I'm like look at my poncho and the other woman's like that looks warm it's, it is awesome and you should definitely we'll put the link up to we'll the video of the that. poise pads it's hysterical and if I god forbid ever needs poise pads I will at least feel good knowing that they are capable of making such a funny video. And will you bedazzle them? <laughs> you can bedazzle your pad. Well, you actually can on the Poise Pad site. You actually can submit your own crafting projects, and people are hysterical. People have put up the fun. It, it is the funniest thing. Whoever came up with this ad campaign, it is genius because I don't believe I've ever said Poise Pad before, and I've said it like 47 times on the radio. Um, and my other one is... Um, Last week, uh, my family and I took a trip 
uh, a volunteer family vacation. And it was very important to me to take this vacation uh, domestically to show to my kids that, you know, service and poverty both are things that are not like over there but that are right here in this country and we went through it was very hard to find something that would take kids they take kids as young as 10 and the company is named um, Global Volunteers and we went to Appalachia in West Virginia um, which was quite if travel is to expose you to something different and unusual it definitely was Um, and it was a great trip so Global Volunteers is my bite of the week so um I spent a really long time last week at the auto show, <laughs> the New York International so Auto I Show. Heard. <laughs> it was a I had a long day. Um, so the auto show, obviously, I'm sure most of our listeners know, it's where all the major car companies come to New York and they show off uh, both the new cars that will be coming out in 2015 and then cool concept cars that never come out but are the coolest things ever. So I spent the whole day with GM looking at a lot of GM cars. And one of them, the new Chevy Malibu, which is like their new family sedan, basically, has this incredibly cool feature called Teen Driver. And you program the key fob for your kid that your kid will be using as a teen. And the car knows that it's a teen driving. And there is an entire dashboard. And you can say, you can set this before they get in, that like this is the maximum volume on the radio. I wanted to be alerted every time they go over the speed limit. I like all these different things. The car won't start if their seatbelt's not fastened. All this really amazing stuff. And then it's on a dashboard. And so when your kid comes home, anytime you go in the car, you type in teen driver, like you get a report. Your child went 10 times, they went over the speed limit and had to be corrected. There's actually something that happens in the car when you go over the speed limit. It like, I don't know, flashes at you, not so that you're. Hey, your mom is watching. Slow down. Call your mother. (laughs) Um, But it has a report back to you. So it doesn't make those decisions for the teen. It doesn't like slow the car down or do anything weird. It just has this report. So then you can go back to your kid and say, not cool. Like we have an agreement. You drove 80 with four people in the car. It ain't happening again for you this week. Um, But it's a really, really cool feature. I have a feeling it'll roll out into a lot of other cars and makers and I think a lot of other car companies are trying to do things around the connected teams that exist There's a that lot do of apps right now so it's yeah. very interesting to have that integrated into the dashboard it's really cool and it's in the key fob you know this yeah. key fob is a teen so if you're looking for a family car like I think check out the Chevy Malibu I did not drive it and I really don't drive so I couldn't tell you about that anyway um, I'm an Ossinger passenger I let me tell you they did say the passenger seat experience is an incredibly important experience I was like woo that's me um, but it is something worth checking out if you're if you have a new driver coming up um, or even if you know that you're looking for a car that you might hand down to your kid in a few years it is definitely mm-hmm. worth looking into it's the Chevy Malibu and We'd I love think it to hear what kids hear about this i'm sure the kids hate it oh yeah although i don't uh, although i don't know because like amy said a few weeks ago if you can have an external thing to lay the blame on it's always good as a parent so if it's you can say the car shows yeah the car shows this this was the deal this was the contract here was the contract we drew up i actually have my brother-in-law did the most amazing contract when my niece and nephew started to drive i should put it up toyota actually gave us when we were at the toyota event at the auto show last week uh, a really awesome contract for the kids to sign the parent has to sign it the kid has to sign it and it sort of lays out all the things that are important for your team to know before they drive in a very um we can have a link to that i'm sure it's on their website 
I bet they didn't have what my brother-in-law had, though, which was like no more than two people in the back seat and no more. Than, like uh, Maybe they do. I maybe don't know. they do. I don't know. But so, yeah. So we'll, we'll link to that. We'll link to the form Nancy talked about and we'll link to the new Chevy Malibu. You should totally check it out. And that's it for this week. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash parenting bites. You can check us out on Twitter at parenting underscore bites or hashtag parenting bites. And check us out on iTunes and on play.it. If you're on an Android device, you can always parenting bites with the Y. We want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate it, review it, share it, and let download. us know what you think. Download, download, download. subscribe. That's dilemmas. what I say. And please send us your dilemmas or anything you want us to talk about on the show. We'd love to hear it. And we might do a call-in show in a few weeks, which would be really interesting. So let us know if you want to be calling in. Until next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.